the nature of your emergency. Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Glenn, how are you? I'm good. In today's episode, I wanted us to talk a little bit about the depths of trauma. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. Now, I, I have a, a big problem with people throwing around the term PTSD, like it's something that everybody has or everybody experiences. And I think that whether it's diagnosed or self-diagnosed, it's a concept that I think is becoming all too familiar and comfortable with, with people identifying with. And I don't mean that in a harsh way. I just mean that in the truest way. Not everybody suffers from PTSD in the same way. And, you know, I'm thinking about a, a lot of different elements of this. And the first thing that's coming up is, is all too often I hear people who will say something like, oh, yeah, it's just my OCD. You know, and so I feel the same way, like we're throwing around the concept of PTSD in a way that makes it okay for us to just say like, oh, it's a thing I have, right? Mm-hmm. Where it, it's not, it's not an accessory. It's not a badge label. And I think I'm seeing that, I'm seeing that so much and I'm having to bring that to this discussion today because it's not okay for somebody to talk about the PTSD that they think they have when it's not relevant in comparison to the people that are seeing the post who truly have that. I'm thinking of a 911 dispatcher who truly believes that she has like the most severe case of PTSD. I'm not her healthcare professional. Whether she does or not is not something that I'm aware of. However, I can tell you that it seems very likely that she likes the attention that she gets from that. And from her latest post, and when I say latest, she's, she's posting these things about five times a week. And I'm seeing a commenter who I know is actually a 9-11 survivor, somebody that you, you, would, you would attribute to those awful videos that we have seen from that tragic day, completely covered in soot, unable to remove his fire gear, and you know, just dying slowly from the side effects that, that he sustained from that event. And it's crazy to me to think about not only how I believe it's a concept that so many of us just toss around like it's another label for for ourselves or a badge of honor in some way, but we're not considering the variation of experiences of other people. And I, I don't want to discredit people who think that they have PTSD or have, who have been diagnosed with PTSD when it's genuine, right? But there are too many times that I'm seeing lately where I don't think it's genuine and I don't think it's appropriate. And there's a difference between saying I have PTSD and I'm looking for attention versus somebody who's truly struggling because of the side effects and the consequences that that fall under a PTSD diagnosis, whether it's self-diagnosis or not. And I wanted to shed some light on that because I, I think it's important for us to not only understand the difference, but then to feel comfortable and confident to be able to call somebody out when when they're acting in that way. Because it is very, it's very wrong for many different reasons. And of course, in in my community, we we see those differences dramatically. But I, I want to talk about the different levels of trauma so that we all have a better understanding of it. And the first one we'll talk about is acute trauma. And Clint, I'm going to use you as um, a little bit of an assistant with this to just use your place of work as a police officer to be able to give an example of each. Is that okay? Okay. 
So for acute trauma, basically what that is, is a single distressing event or a series of closely related events. So what's the first thing that comes up as an example of a single acute trauma? Uh, seeing a kid shot on, on the street. Thank you. And then uh, that's a great example, right? Mm -hmm. It's a, a one-time occurrence, a thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about from the perspective of the police officer. You're sharing an example of a police officer. And I'm saying that because the that would ha that could happen to you several times in a single night, mm -hmm. unfortunately. The um, example of this being an acute trauma as a singular event would be from the perspective of perspective of maybe the family members or the uh, civilians that paid witness to that, mm -hmm. that child being shot. The second one we're going to talk about is chronic trauma. And basically this results from prolonged exposure to distressing or traumatic experiences. What do you think is an example of that? So that's basically, that's something that is ha has happened and then continues to happen. And it's the same thing. Yeah. And, and I would say, well, just in the simple word world is okay doing the ICAC investigations you know reviewing child pornography mm -hmm. on a daily basis mm -hmm. and having that impact you yeah and it's repetitive it's mm -hmm. the same thing over and over and over again um the last one here we'll we'll explain is going to be complex trauma and basically this is something that occurs during critical periods of a patient or i'm sorry a person's development or also within their, their lifetime or within their career. So complex is um, an accumulation of things that just keep happening and happening and happening. I would say something to like growing up, you witnessed your mom shot and killed, and then you become a police officer, you go out and then you start having you seeing mothers of children who are, who are shot, you know, something like that. Something that's coming up too um, that I, I talk a lot about when it comes to complex trauma as it relates to law enforcement is when you, especially someone like you, Clint, where you work in a very, very busy city, you experience, and I'm not, say, I'm not saying you're developing complex trauma because everybody has a different trauma response. Um, consult your healthcare professional. <laughs> but uh, a department like yours, an officer can experience complex trauma over and over and over again on every single shift that they work because it's not uncommon to give a, a realistic and yet dramatic example of what a single officer's shift might look like in terms of the types of responses and calls that you get. Uh, domestic violence, uh, child abuse, shootings, stabbings, 5150s, which is the mentally incapable Suspicious circumstances or where you don't know much information, just say that prowler in the backyard, someone trying to break into a house, um, thefts, like <laughs> you, you think of a crime, like we would deal with that on a daily basis pretty much. Yeah. And that what you just explained, because I've gone out on ride alongs is very typical mm -hmm. in a single shift. Mm -hmm. And it, it varies from department to department because I've spoken to officers who work for very small departments who perhaps they might have a single homicide in their entire career, which is crazy to think about in comparison, mm -hmm. right? But there are departments that are so small that the, the communities that they serve are also so small. 
And a lot of the times when you work in um, like a small, close-knit community where everybody knows one another and so they'll tattletale on you if you're naughty and bad, like that's kind of a good a good place to be, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it should be. Yeah. And so um, I, I like that you gave those examples because they're spot on. And the whole reason why I wanted to share the difference in these three depths of trauma is going back to our original example where I'm talking about somebody just tossing around the word PTSD like like it's something that um, they're proudly taking ownership of. Because if somebody truly suffers from PTSD, I can guarantee you that the the proud part of that is them working their way through through it, right? Working their way through it, even on a single day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And it, you see it overutilized so much. And even on, on the streets, working out, out on patrol, I see people coming up to me saying, oh, well, I have PTSD, so I can't do this. And you look at them, and, and I'm not talking about partners. I'm talking about, like, citizens and stuff. And you look at them and say, like, well, well what happened to you? Oh, I was in a car accident. Oh, really? Well, it looks like you're doing good. No, oh, well, I wasn't injured or anything, but I was in a car accident. Or, and, and you just see the self-diagnosis of PTSD come up so much and and it deflates the actual true people who have been affected by a traumatic incident. Yeah, and that's not to discredit anybody's experience, right? That's not to um, bash anybody and, and blame anybody. You know, that's not what this conversation is about. But I think that when we have an understanding of the different levels of trauma, then we can also have a different understanding of how people are actualizing it. And I think a lot of times, as could be the case with this individual who posts that she has PTSD all the time, or the case that you just shared, it could also be a lack of knowledge, a a lack of education, which is why it's important for us to understand that there are layers to not only trauma, but most importantly, there are layers to our trauma response. Clint and I just so happen to have a very high tolerance window when it comes to our trauma response. And what I mean by that is the the things that typically impact people that cause them to feel like they've had a traumatic experience, a majority of the time, Actually, I can't think of the last time that something like that has given you and I that response. And that's not to brag about it because it takes a lot of work to get there. And a part of that work for for you, Clint and I, we we debrief a lot, right? We stay in communication. um, We pull information in. We make changes. If something's off or something is um, you or I are operating in a different way, we identify that. We point it out. We are supportive of one another. And there are a lot of components that go into that. And sometimes one of those components means like nothing at all, right? Last week, it was crazy. And then I told you like, no, we're not going to do that thing. You're just going to sit and do absolutely nothing all day. And that was me not identifying like you're experiencing trauma. That was me creating a buffer, like a giant ass buffer between us and trauma to where that that just doesn't exist. That trauma window can become greater when you learn how to work on it. So I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. If you have, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.